that verse there in your books. It says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We should not all sleep, but we shall be changed. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, the last trump, the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised into corruptible, and we shall be changed. And dear friend, if you know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, that could be today. Wouldn't it nice to be changed? No more sin, no more struggle, no more finances, no more bills to pay, no more doctor visits. Praise God, no more calories. Woo, boy, we could just we just keep on going down the way on those things, couldn't we? Wow, it can happen in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. May it be today. Even so, Lord, quit, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the promises of the word of God. The future is as bright as the promises of God. We have the promise of your coming, the rapture of the church. We're thankful for it. We long for it. We look for it. But today, Father, as we occupy this time that you've given us here on this earth, help us, Lord, in this time to glorify your name in our singing, in our fellowship, in our giving, in our preaching, in our listening, in our hearing. May Jesus Christ be glorified in this service. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Miss Robin. This last week, I had, as I mentioned, opportunity to go on a motorcycle trip. I didn't really plan it. It's kind of, uh, hey, you want to go? So I said, sure, I'll go. And uh, <clears throat> when you're riding on a motorcycle trip, you're, you had, I had, we had four different people. We had a leader. We had a chaplain. We had a mechanic. We had someone who chose where to eat. I got to be the guy who chose where to eat. That has its advantages. But when you're following a guy on a motorcycle, or probably anywhere in life, you're going to make detours. You think you're going one way, and you realize you can't go down that way, and you got to do what they say. You got to go the other way, go back, come back again. This morning, we're going to take a little detour. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're typically in the book of Mark. This morning we're going to take a little detour in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to share something that was shared uh, during the trip, and I meditated on it. So the title of the message is, and, some, and such were some of you, or spiritual musings from a motorcycle trip. You can choose which one you want. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. This morning, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of self of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the problems that we have in life. The problems that ultimately, if we allow them, they'll bring to you. Because all of us have a past. We've all done things in the past that we regret. We've said things. We've done things. We've been places, we've acted certain ways, we've had bad attitudes. We've all, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But thank you for your promise and your plan that it is not your will that any should perish, 
but all should come to repentance. Your will is that we be washed. Your will is that we be sanctified. Your will is for each one of us in this room, yea, the whole world would be justified because of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God. Now, Lord, I pray it would be so. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, taking this trip, and I will protect the name of those who are the guilty. But taking this trip, I was reminded of, of several things. Of course, one of the things, being on a trip, motorcycle trip, is the beauty of God's creation. You go down the panhandle of Florida, if you haven't gone down, taking 98, just drive 98 as far as you can drive, uh, going towards Alabama, it's a beautiful coast. You see the beauty, the, especially as you get towards the, the coastline and through Panacea and Apalachicola and Mexico Beach, Navarre Beach, you see the beauty of, you, you, you're reminded of God's beauty. And as I mentioned some, maybe to somebody this morning, sometimes in life, we get so busy, we are in a rat race and we're the rats. We get so busy in life, just doing stuff, got this, got this, got this. Got this. Sometimes you got you to stop and smell the roses. God has given us the beauty to enjoy and to appreciate and be thankful for. You ever stop in the midst of all that you're doing and thank God for the beauty that he, of His creation? It's His creation. Are you thankful for it? The fact that we have it glorifies His dear name. We want to be thankful and praise God for it. Are we thankful for those things? I was reminded of those blessings that God has given us, the beaches, the trees, the flowers, the animals. But scripturally, I was not only reminded of those of those. Those important truths are reminded of these verses. I've heard these verses. I've preached on these verses. But I was reminded by the chaplain, again, of the importance of these verses and the importance of these truths to all of us that, first of all, as we, as we realize, we all have problems, don't we? <laughs> there can't, can't be a much bigger problem that we see in verse 9. Know you not, then the righteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Our dear friends, there's no worse situation you can be in today than be someone who's not going to heaven. You could have all the money in the whole world. You could have your dream house. You could have your dream family. You could have IRA and, and be okay with the IRS. But if you don't have, if you're not going to the kingdom of God, your world is in a world of hurt. I met person after person after person after person in gas station, in, 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 in motels, in restaurants. You could see in their eyes, the windows to their soul, the lostness that they had no hope. They were living every day, eight to five, nine to five, going to bed, going watching TV for three or four hours, going back, doing the same thing over and over and over and over again, thinking that was the American dream and that's all they needed. Dear friend, if your life is the American dream, you're going to wind up in hell. The American dream is not where it's at. It's God's dream for you. God's desire for you is to be saved. That's what God's desire for you. There's problems all around you. This morning, you may have physical problems. You may have emotional problems. You may have mental problems. You might be married to a problem. <laughs> or related to a problem. We had all types of problems. We had the, the wobbling tire problem. <laughs> when the guy's on the trip, his tires wobbled. So we had to go get that fixed. 
We had the wallet problem. One of the guys on the trip, they forgot his wallet. <laughs> so we had to wait in the motel for his wallet. We had the battery problem. I pulled in, I pulled into Pensacola. I was, I got there right, right about six something, six fifteen, Pensacola. 10 minutes from Pensacola Christian College, thinking I have just enough time to pull in, go in there, put a clean shirt in, and go to the service of Pensacola Christian College, which is like 10 minutes down the way. I pull in the Pensac- pull into the, the hotel, and as soon as I pull in, my battery dies. Dead, can't fix it, so I have to go get a battery. Missed the service, but dead battery, I'm not pushing that bike very far. Not pushing it. We had the, I hear a strange noise in my bike problem. (laughs) We had the TV problem. One of the gentlemen, again, which I will not mention any names. We had a TV problem. Somebody, one person came down and said, I can't get my TV to work. I said, you can't get your TV to work. I went up there, I went, boop, 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 it worked. (laughs) But probably 30, 40 years from now, somebody will be the same to me. I can't get this to work. Boop, 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 it worked, it worked. You know, it reminded me, we all have problems. Every one of us has problems. We all have it. The Bible says in Job chapter 5, verse 7, yet man is born into trouble as the sparks fly upward. If you're breathing this morning, you have troubles. If you're breathing this morning, you have trouble. The problems are around us. That's the circumstances. But only the problems are around us. The problem is in us. What is our biggest problem? Sin. That's our biggest problem. Romans chapter 3, verse 10, as is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth, there's none that seeketh after God. They're all gone out of the way. They're all together come unprofitable. There's none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Their tongues have, have used deceit. Their poison of asp is under their lips. They're whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, destruction and misery in their ways. The way of peace they have not known. There's no fear of God before their eyes. Yes, there's problems all around us, but the biggest problem is the problem in us. We see our flaws. We see our flaws. Man, we have all type of flaws, don't we? All type of flaws. 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. I can wake up every morning paralyzed. God, I'm going to die on this motorcycle today. Or I can say, by the faith of God, Lord, if you want me to die, I'm in your hands. My life, my life is in his hands. Whether I live or whether I die, I, lie, I live unto the Lord. You can die walking down this old road here just as easy as you can die on a motorcycle. You can die. Anybody can die. You go, to, you, you go to graveyards, you will see many three-year-olds and 13-year-olds and 20-year-olds in graveyards. Just stroll down the way, you'll see them. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. As far as I know, everybody in this room is going to die unless the rapture of the church is going to happen. Right. You can be in fear. Man, we have seen, we have seen fear this last two years, haven't we? We've seen it, and it's still seeing it. We've seen fear. Oh, we struggle with pride. Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance in the evil way, in the forward mouth do I hate. Pride is, is, is thinking, well, I don't have any problems. And that's terrible. 
because we all have problems. We struggle with complaining. Colossians 1, 3, we give thanks unto God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Are you someone who focuses on the problems or give thanks for the, what God has given you? If somebody, if somebody was around you on a regular basis, would they would say you are something, someone who praises or would they say you're somebody who complains? What would they say? Have you tried one day, one day, one day, not saying one negative thing about anybody around you? I said, preacher, that would change my life. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. How about today? When you walk out the door, don't say, oh, preacher, it took a long time. Oh, thank God, preacher, it was a long time today. When the lady doesn't show up, when you think at the barbecue place right down the road, instead of complaining, because she knows she goes to North Gainesville Baptist Church, and she knows who your pastor is. How about that? Thank you, lady. God bless you. You ought to come to church next week. I'd love to have you here. We get in this bent of complaining about everything and everybody. Dear friends, if there's anybody in the whole universe that ought to be praising, it'll be us. Amen. Dear friend, we, we, have, we have Jesus Christ as our Savior. We have the hope of heaven above us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Oh, we see our flaws. We see the failures around us. Well, on a bike trip, it's easy to pick up flaws. We would say, well, your bike does this, or your bike does that, or your bike don't do this, your bike don't do that. <laughs> it was the old Honda versus Harley debate. You know, it's, it's eternal. You know, it just keeps on going on. But again, the biggest problem is the depravity of man. The depravity of man, that man cannot live without God. That a life without God is like a pencil without a point. It's pointless. Pointless. The wages of sin is death. And Paul was reminding the, the church at Corinthian that the biggest problem was not so much around them, it was in them. It was their sin. It was their sin. Sin separates us from the kingdom of God. We went on Friday morning to some folks that used to be in the church down in uh, Bonita Springs. They live on a farm way kind of back in the woods. We all, we all got to see the kind of their farm and that was kind of his dream to have a farm. We went out there and we looked at all the different things that he was producing and growing and we got our feet all dirty. And then he said, we want you to come in the house. So, you know, we got to start taking our shoes off and, and wiping our feet. Why? Because before you got into the house, you had to be clean. And dear friend, before you go to heaven, you have to be clean. You have to be clean. We have to be changed. And that only comes through Jesus Christ. We all have problems, but secondly, we all have a past. We all have problems, but we all have past. Look what it says there in, in verse number 10. It says, Know you not that the righteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. We talked about that this morning a little bit in, the, in, in the Sunday school class, the, the, how easy it is to be deceived. How in the end times it's going to be easy to be deceived. But dear friends, even now, it's so easy to be deceived. Don't fool yourself, Paul is saying. Don't think you can live a life of ungodliness and somehow get to heaven. Matthew Henry wrote, 
Men are very much inclined to flatter themselves that God is such a one as themselves that they may live in sin and yet die in Christ. They may lead a life of the devil's children and yet go to heaven with the children of God. Oh, dear friend, that's not so. You think I can live like the devil and I can go to heaven? That's not Bible. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. The Bible says in, in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that's he also reap. There's a change, and a person gets saved, there's a change in his life. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a road that is different. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You're different now. It doesn't say you're perfect now, but you're different now. You're different now. There's so many people, yay, millions, possibly billions of people that think somehow when they die, they're going to go to some heaven, some, ut some utopia, some Valhalla, some place that's better than here. They say, oh, they're going to rest in peace. They're not resting in peace. They're saying, oh, they're looking up, they're looking, front, looking down at us from up there. No, they're not looking down at us from up there. There's no, for, so, for most of humanity, they're not resting in peace. Because what did Jesus say? Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Now everyone that saith me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, in thy name cast out devils, in thy name hath done many wondrous works? And, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew thee. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. How many people think they're on their way to heaven? I've never cast out a demon. Never done it. These people said they cast out a demon, and Jesus didn't rebuke them and, and say you didn't do it. These folks have done some wondrous works, but they did not know God. And there'll be many a person who is religious, They've done works for God. They've done good deeds. They've joined churches. They've, 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 they've said good words. They've, they've prayed good prayers. They've made good decisions, but they have no relationship with God. There's a deception. But look at the deeds. Verse 9, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. Effeminate is transvestites, the transgender folks, nor abusers themselves with mankind. That's the homosexual folks. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners. Revilers is people who speak evil of other people on a continual basis. Nor extortioners, those people who steal, shall inherit the kingdom of God. Let me ask you a question. Before salvation, how many of those were you? How many problems? How, how, many, how many could you say, well, that was me. That one, that one, that one, that one, and that one. Because <laughs> before salvation, we all struggled, right? Amen. Before salvation, I was a thief. I was a thief. I told you the story. When I was a kid, I loved comic books. Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men, it's box, you know. We, had to, we went to the jockey lot every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And right down the way from my parents' stand, there was a Fred, the comic book man. So every, after I got done with my job, I'd go to see Fred, the comic book man. I'd say, okay, give me the new comic. But one time, I just got greedy. And staying in my grandmother's trailer, I found out where her money was, and I stole. I don't even know how much money I stole. And I went down to Fred, the comic book man. I said, Fred, I'm going to buy lots of comics a day. And he looked at me with wide eyes. 
He said, I said, I want like number one of this and number two of that, and number three of this. And he's like, what are you doing? I said, but he didn't stop me. Fred just kept on buying. He's selling stuff. And I had a bag full of comic books and underneath there, the money that was left over. And I went back. See, I was just really dumb. And it's probably good I was dumb. I went back to my grandparents and I said, look what I got. And they didn't smile. They weren't happy for me. They didn't say, you did a good job. They said, let me see inside that bag. And I didn't want them to see inside that bag. Inside that bag was the comic books I bought, the money that I had stolen. Oh, and I remember that day when my mom and my grandma got me inside that van. Oh. I'll be in a nursing home, and I'll still not forget that day. <laughs> it was a bad day. But the worst thing about it was not what they did to me, but it was the look in my grandmother's eyes. I stole from my grandmother. I stole from the lady who helped me survive. I was a thief. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, I'd be a thief today. That's who I was. It's not who I am. Can you say that today? Oh, preacher, I was an adulterer. Oh, preacher, I was a thief. I was a liar. I was a blasphemer. Well, you just go down the list. Effeminate, abuser of mankind, covetous. I was, that's who I was. That's not who I am. But by the grace of God, I am who I am. Praise God for the grace of God. First night on our trip, we stopped by the Putnam Inn. Putnam Inn is an interesting place there in uh, Cross City. Interesting place. Uh, Al Capone stayed there. And uh, they said that Al Capone maybe lost his mind, so we were looking for the millions. Maybe he's stashed in there somewhere. <laughs> hey, you never know. We stayed in this place. It was quite a unique place, man. They had old, old... Old Inn had peacocks and, and, and chickens and roosters and cats and all these things. And we were sitting down talking and just fellowshipping about, you know, things that we've done in our lives and how God has blessed us and God has, has helped us and how he's encouraged us. We're sitting there just enjoying our fellowship with one another. And the guy comes out and he says, do you guys want anything to eat? You want anything to eat? Do you want anything to drink? Do you want some wine? 35 years ago, I'd say, how much can you bring me? Bring me until y'all pass out. But we did ask for, we'll take, we'll take some Diet Coke, and we'll take some cheese and crackers, and they brought all that stuff to us. But as we, we, the next day, we started thinking about that. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, all we would talk about was not about what Jesus had done in our life, but about the sins in our life. We would have talked about wine, women, and song. We would talked about our troubles and our problems. We would talked about our lives as wicked as they were. If it wasn't for the grace of God. Where would you be without the grace of God this morning? Where would you be? We see the deception and the deeds. You see, in life, folks, you have to be honest with yourself. Because I mentioned one of the biggest things that we struggle with in the Christian life is our pride. We don't like to admit where we're wrong. We don't like to admit it. One of our guys was pulling out of the parking lot and a car almost clipped him. 
And the thing of it was, he did not see it. We saw it. I looked at my buddy. I said, he's dead. He's gone. He's going to get clipped. He's going And so often in life, we have issues and struggles and problems, and we think we're okay. And we're not willing to go to somebody or seek out help and say, I have problems. I have difficulties. I have struggles. We have blind spots in our mirrors of life, and we're not willing to go to other people to get help. A.W. Tozer said, a Pharisee is hard on others and easy on himself, but a spiritual man is easy on others and hard on himself. Are you hard on yourself? Do you regularly confess your sins to God? Your laziness, your pride, your bitterness, your gossip, your tail-bearing, do you confess it to God or do you continually say, I'm okay? You continually say, well, I'm better than that other guy who's across the way. I'm better at that person at work. Dear friend, that is foolishness. We ought to regularly admit our sins to God. That's the only way we change. Even AA, they teach their members when they walk into a place, the first thing they do is say, I am an alcoholic. The only way you're going to change in your life, even though you're saved and being growing in the Christian life, you have to admit your struggles to other people and seek out help. Or you will stay the way you are right now, 10 years from now. Are you willing to change? We all have problems. We all have a past. But thank God as we end, God has a plan for us. It says there in that next verse, verse 11, and such were some of you but you are washed. <laughs> oh, it's nothing like a hard day work or long day on a motorcycle, going to that motel, get a good, clean washing. Be different. You've made a conscious decision to be clean. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed? Christians, or do you have a clear conscience? Can you say, Christian, that everything is right between you and God and you than everybody else? Pastor Paul Chapel says a clear conscience is a sweet pillow. You go to bed every night thinking about how people's offended you or how you're bitter at somebody, how you owe somebody or somebody owes you, mad, angry, frustrated. Get right with God and get right with other people. Choose it. Choose it. You're washed. You're sanctified. It means you're set apart. You and I continue growing in our spiritual life. The spiritual life is, does not stay stagnant. We were there by the water and looked out into the sea, the Gulf of Mexico. We saw the wind, the winds, we saw the waves. And if you were in that water, that water would want to push you to one direction or the other. You are going in a direction, dear friend, spiritually. What direction are you going? Are you going back? Backslidden, to be backslidden is to be somewhere spiritually less than where you used to be. Are you going forward? Are you seeking God? Are you growing in your relationship with God? It's a continual thing. 
The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, 17, This I say, therefore, testify of the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as Gentiles walk, in the vanity of your mind. Ephesians 4, 5, 2, And walk in love as Christ has loved us and given us himself for an offering, a sacrifice to God as a sweet-smelling savor. Ephesians 5, 8, For you are sometimes darkness, now you're in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. Which direction are you walking? We got off there at that beautiful little area by Navarre Beach on your way to Pensacola. The guy stopped. We could not ride our motorcycles out there onto the beach. That wasn't going to happen. So we had to get off our motorcycles, put, you know, and start trudging out there. And that white beach is almost like snow. You're trudging out there. You're trudging out there. And the more we trudge, the closer to the water we got. It wasn't going to come to us. We had to go towards it. To grow in the Christian life is the combination of the grace of God and you choosing to walk closer to him every day of your life. It's saying no to your desires, your plans, your dreams, your goals, your loves, your likes, and giving over to him. And he will give you a better dream and, more, and better loves and better likes. He will give you a better life. If you simply say, Jesus, I want to go the direction that you want me to go. You're sanctified. You've been washed. And it says you are justified. Your sins have been completely pardoned. The word justified means just as if I never sinned. Right there in your seats. If you know Christ is your Savior, dear friend, it's like you never sinned. You're clean. You say, preacher, you don't know what I've done. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you've done. It's who you know. Do you know Jesus? And if you know Jesus, your sins have been cleaned, washed, justified, just as if you'd never sinned. Man, I went from Alachua County to Levy County. Things were different on that road. When I went from Gilchrist County back to Alachua County, things were different on that road. It was a whole new experience on those roads. My life is different now because I'm justified. And dear friend, if you know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, you're justified too. Your life is different. You're going down a different path. You're going to a new highway, the highway of holiness. I ask you a question today. Do you realize that you have problems? Do you realize you have a past? Do you realize God has a plan for your life? Have you been washed? Have you been sanctified? Have you been justified? Oh, dear friend, that's the most important decision in, in your life is knowing for sure that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. That when you die, you're going to go to heaven. I saw lots of beauty on this trip that I got to go on but it is nothing compared to heaven. I'm going to a place where Jesus Christ is personally right now preparing for me and for all that know him, a mansion where there are no bad roads and there are no more breakdowns and there are no more turnarounds. There are no more times you get stuck in traffic because we forgot the Air Force Base was right down the road. There's no more problems. It's only Peace, peace. That's where I'm heading, to a place of peace. But it's because I know the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. 
Do you know the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ? Do you know him and you want to know him more? Are you growing in your relationship with him? I was thinking of a song as I was meditating on these verses and this truth yesterday. And I thought about that old song, Burdens Are Lifted at Calvary. And I read the story of that, but a man by the name of Reverend Moore, who was born in Scotland, September 1st, 1925, he, he had some godly parents. When he was 16 years old, God called him to the ministry, studied in Glasgow, Scotland, became a Baptist pastor, wrote over 150 songs. But one day he got a call as a pastor to go down and see this sick seaman. He went down to see him. The man was heading towards death, and as he was laying there very sick, he began to share the gospel with him, and he pulled out a track, and in that track was the, the story of Pilgrim's Progress. How many of you read Pilgrim's Progress? If you've not read Pilgrim's Progress, let me encourage you to read Pilgrim's Progress. It's about a man by the name of Christian who had visions of the city of destruction, a place where he was, him and his family were going to die, and he, re he realized he could not stay there, and he had to go towards the celestial city. And he went through all kinds of difficulty, but he had this great burden on his back, the burden of sin and guilt and shame. But as he got to the cross, he laid his burden down. And this preacher showed, tell this young seaman about it. And he asked him, do you want to place your faith in Jesus Christ? Do you want to be saved? And the young man there in his sickbed prayed and asked Christ to save him. That preacher said, that day when he looked down there and saw that young man's face, he said, he said he had such a smile of peace and assurance. Then he went home, got a pen and pad out, got by his fireplace, and these words came to his mind. Days are filled with sorrow and care. Hearts are lonely and drear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Calvary, Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Dear friend, has your burdens been lifted at Calvary? How great is the weight of your sins? Have you been to that cross and laid your burden there? The burden bearer is Jesus Christ. He paid for your sins on that cross. He shed his blood. He was buried on the third day. He rose again, conquering death and hell so that you could have everlasting life. You don't have to walk this old weary world with burdens, with cares and troubles and problems and pain. Oh, you don't have to. You can lay them down and be saved. You can have peace because you know the Prince of Peace. Do you know Jesus this morning? And Christian, may I ask you a question this morning? Are you living like you are? Or how you were? Are you living how you are or like you were? You see, we can be saved and we start going back to the old lifestyle of adultery, fornication, lying, stealing, gambling, hating, bitterness. We can go back to where we were. 
And if you go back to where you were before you were saved, you'll lose your peace. You'll lose your fellowship with God. And you'll have a life of pain, regret, and sorrow. Don't live like you were. Live like you are. Make a choice. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you're here today, you're not saved. Today is a day to get saved. To put a stake down and say, I don't know if I'll, I'm just not sure about it, preacher. You can be sure of the day. You can walk in here a sinner, walk out a saint. You say, preacher, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm saved, but I'm struggling with sin. I'm struggling to go back to being a thief. I'm struggling going back to being a fornication. I'm struggling back to being a gambler, a liar, a cheat. I'm struggling going back. Okay, you know what you need to do? Admit you have a problem. Ask Jesus Christ to forgive you and go the other way. And then admit it to another brother and sister in Christ who will not judge you but will love you because we all struggle. Amen? That's what needs to happen. Don't be. Don't be like you were. Be who you are. Father, we thank you, God, for your goodness and your grace. Thank you for the lessons you teach us in life. Help us to look to you. Thank you that burdens are lifted at Calvary, that Jesus is very near. Oh, Father, I pray there be some in this room who does not know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. Father, would you draw that person to yourself before it's too late? I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ who may be honestly struggling in sin. They're, they're, act, they're acting who they should be. They're acting like they who they used to be before Christ. God, help them to recognize they're wrong and repent of their sin and come back to you before it is too late. Spirit of living God, speak to us. Head bowed, eyes closed.